You're listening to The Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former Prep Course Ops Superintendent and current Special Reconnaissance Training Guru, Trent Segmiller. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode with Ones Ready. You're in the team room. Today we're gonna to be talking about what you're gonna experience as you transition away from civilian life where you're all comfortable and happy into the military. So we're gonna talk about what it's like when you join the Air Force, some of the things that you're gonna run up against and, and how to deal with some of those problems. First things first, we wanna thank y'all for watching, for listening, for leaving all your comments and your reviews. Uh, make sure you check us out on Apple uh, Podcasts, leave us a review on there, and then also YouTube, uh, check it out, leave us a bunch of comments, let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, things you want to hear about, things you don't want to hear about. Uh, also, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, basically everything else that all you kids know about. Uh, go on there, check us out. We appreciate all the support. We do this for you guys, uh, so thank you for everything. Um, when you join the Air Force, right? So everybody is going to join to become a special warfare operator, and that's kind of where we think of all the stress is, is just getting on team, getting in the pipeline, and all of those uh, stressors that everybody's kind of anticipating. But a lot of the stressors that we overlook is you're going to a new place. You're going to be surrounded by a whole bunch of new people. You're going to have your uh, military training instructors at basic yelling at you, telling you to do stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense all the time. And then um, also you're probably going to get sick. You're in San Antonio. So if you're not from San Antonio, uh, you're, you're going to have allergies and it's going to be hotter than uh, wherever you're at 90% of the time. Uh, it's the first time I ever felt a, a a stream of sweat running down my back that was continuous. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening right now. I don't think I like this. Yeah. The only place it's the only place it's even remotely hotter than San Antonio, Texas is Africa. It's like Djibouti. It's the only time I've ever been more uncomfortably hot than San Antonio, Texas. Right. So we're gonna walk you through that process and some of our experiences. So we're gonna start out with peaches. So I know the Vietnam War had just ended. Maybe the cure for uh, polio had just been invented. But what was it like way back in the day when, when you got to basic and some of the things that you came up against? Well, first off, it was hard. <laughs> Rocks were heavier. Now. Weather was hotter. Yeah, it's way yeah, easier exactly. now. It was, 96, it was 96 weeks long. <laughs> well, maybe maybe my... I don't want to, mine is definitely not unique considering the thousands upon thousands that have gone through basic training. But for me, it's, it seemed like I was behind the power curve in basic training because um, I, I had to ask what blousing my boots were. I had no idea. It seems like everybody else knew what blousing their boots were. I didn't know how to make my bed with the folds that they wanted to. I didn't know how to fold my shirts and my underwear and all that kind of stuff like they wanted so I felt like I was extremely behind, whereas a lot of the ROTC guys or the ROTC guys or maybe people that had family members in the military seemed like they were already ahead and already knew what to do. So, um, I mean, it was six weeks. It was definitely I had never showered with a bunch of dudes before. <laughs> so that was, I mean, I'm Wait, all about it now. You played sports. Obviously. You played sports, though, right? <laughs> Yeah, but nobody showered in high school. Dude, we, <laughs> we, we well, were was just my school. I mean, maybe they forced. Yeah, us what kind of sports stuff, are yeah. we talking about? Well, yeah. I mean, like we get up? on the, the horse and go home, and then jump in the lake. Well, yeah. I always had to wait for you know people to pick me up from school, so I'd take a shower. And a lot of the other dudes were there taking showers too. So yeah, that was I, a private school, I bet, huh? Definitely not a private school <laughs> at all. <laughs> that was absolutely not. And my parents didn't have any money. No, if if uh, man, I tell you what, in my high school, I can only imagine if somebody was in their shower and just like, hey, yeah, yeah, I want to wash off before I go to class. Probably would not have worked out very well. <laughs> so yes, the sharing with a bunch of dudes was definitely an experience with me. And one of the, one of the things that was was funny was, um, you know, so so if I can describe it for the people that are listening rather than just watching YouTube, imagine a a room and there's shower heads all along it, and there's only one entry point into the room, and it's in the middle of the room. And the first couple nights we were there, we weren't. We weren't allowed to just stand in front of the nozzle and just, you know, kind of wash off and actually shower like you think that you would be able to. No, it was a start, 
from clockwise and go or start from the six o'clock and go in a clockwise position and you better not spend more than two seconds in that shower head mm-hmm. and then and then you come out throw some soap on real quick or some shampoo and then you do another round if you still have shampoo you still have soap on you big deal get over it because you're not getting <laughs> back in the water how many things like that in your career like if you if we think about it like if you tried to explain to somebody that had no idea be like all right so here's what we had to do to shower they would just be like why why would you do that uh i mean because that's what we had to do it's like 80 dudes gotta get through that shower <laughs> So I get all of it in terms of, hey, breaking us down and starting to get everybody at a foundational level, right? The only part that I disagreed with, and it's probably been fixed by now, is um, yelling at us while we were eating and forcing us to eat extremely fast. And if we weren't finished, yank it away from us. Because thinking about me training for the pipeline as much as I was, then I go into basics. So I've already, I mean... I'm already 17. I'm already training my ass off for the pipeline. So my metabolism is insane. And then I go to basic training where I'm not eating enough and my, my just muscular, you know, foundation just dwindled away. And then when I, I noticed that when we would work out, which, you know, was occasionally because now they've got the, their own special flights, which is amazing. But, you know, I, I was struggling, especially when I got a BMT and I showed up to, to NDOC and it, uh, I was on the struggle bus for sure. Starving. Right. right. So you're not, you're not getting enough food. You're around a bunch of dudes. You're showering together. Uh, everybody, you know, shows Things up are great. and they're all telling all these made up <laughs> stories about how cool they were back in whatever state they came from. And so it's God. a, it's a stressful environment. And I, I want to throw it over to Brian real quick being the, uh, the physician's assistant that he is. Um, <laughs> Not so, candidate. No, student. Candidate, please. Student. He's a, he's a, he's a PA candidate. Please yep. use no, a correct terminology. Right. Well, if it. you're not a doctor and you're not a PA, you can't use it in your name. So I, I've been told that uh, psychological stress and physical stress both uh, increase uh, the level of cortisol in your body, which impacts your performance. So it's not just the lack of food, sleep, and all that other stuff in the new environment, uh, but just that even that psychological stress uh, is, is going to hamper you. And Brian, if you could kind of go through your experiences and, and, you know, speak smart on medical stuff real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Trent, you're exactly right. You know, the cortisol that's released in your body, it, it leads to you basically turning some of your muscle that you have into fat and it stops the muscle production that you have all that stuff. But, um, you know, part of it, like Peach was saying, I also lost 10 pounds when I went into basic training and I was just like, you know, I couldn't get enough food down because I wasn't used to just scarfing down food every single meal. You know, I, um, I was also, I think I was just 18 and I was used to just, you know, being at my mom's house, we'd eat whatever, whenever I wanted to eat. And I was used to doing my own thing. That personal bubble that I had of like, no one needed to be in here. Um, going to that whole showering thing. Um, you know, you get into the pool when you get to Indoc and it's that, whole nut to butt thing you guys can figure out what that is um <laughs> okay <ooh>. no <laughs> we, <laughs> just you can't listen man it's you just like yeah. it sounds yeah well yeah uh, <laughs> you guys so that's yeah. a colloquialism for how close you have to get and it's probably not the best thing to say <laughs> right now <laughs> like you could just say stand really close to the person in front of you oh if we're already talking about nut to butt then we gotta <laughs> Then we got to start talking about peeing, right? I was gonna. <laughs> I wasn't. No. I was thinking it, but I didn't know if we wanted to go no, there no, with no. this whole thing. I'm but in. yeah, I'm in so all the way. Talk about it, so please. That personal bubble that we're talking about, you get so close to these guys, like physically and also mentally and all that. But that pool is freezing a lot of times. That heater breaks in the Skylark or the Chaparral, and it's the middle of January. Um, that's when I went through, um, balls two and balls is just zero, zero, two. That's how we, f- we phrase our Man, number this of one class. Is going just straight know, right? down so, up all it means <laughs> is double, double zero and two. So it's cold in that pool and you can't get out of the water and be like, who has Arjun? I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go. Uh, no. Just pee real quick. No <laughs> one's going to say that because he's saying one's ready and you're about to go. If you say 
I need to go to the bathroom real quick, then it's like, <laughs> all right, go ahead. We're going to smoke your team while you're over there using the bathroom. So, And you know there's somebody that does do it. There's oh, yeah. always somebody that will, can I go to the bathroom? <clears throat> there's always that initial guy. All right, everyone get out. Flurry kicks your lineup for 10 ups while this guy over here is going to the bathroom. So obviously there's not an option for that. So you go, you know, while you guys are lined up close together, as you said, Aaron, and yeah, yes thank you I if you gotta that. go you go so there there is that and just getting used to that whole stressful environment it's it's a constant cortisol dump and the first couple nights you're not sleeping you're like what is going to happen next you hear all these you know the sirens going off um reveille and retreat that are playing all the time you're like holy crap it's time to wake up again you hear those horns and you got you're supposed to jump out of bed as soon as you hear the reveille you got to be ready to go and you got to be standing at attention um you know because the ti's are going to come in there are going to wreck shop um so you know being around that experience and just having that constant thing it also you know just kind of depresses your appetite while you're in that high situation because you're in that more like fight or flight mode rather than your parasympathetic nervous system or that feed and breed mode. So you end up losing some of that weight and that increased cortisol. So that, that whole picture right there, um, was my experience for sure. I wasn't used to anyone yelling at me for any of the things that I was doing. You know, I was like, it's not a big deal. I'm just walking what do you want me to do like straight walk up faster <laughs> yeah walk, walk better brian walk more sharplier all right i'll try and turn these corners or whatever um <laughs> so just doing that and then seeing being around just so many different people from all over the country and there are people from even different countries that are coming into the air force and i just definitely was not used to that huge of a variety in in one room um you know, I didn't grow up in a, a huge city or anything like that. It's like the outskirts of Phoenix is where I grew up. So um, there were Hispanics like me and there were a lot of other white kids that were around. So uh, I didn't get that experience of like the Southern dudes that were coming in, the New Yorkers that were like yelling stuff. And then the California dudes are like, bro. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to balance all these people. I don't know where you're coming from with all this stuff. So getting used to all these personalities in a room in such a stressful environment was definitely one of the big things that I had to transition. And then going into Indoc, you know, you guys, we all go into the same basic training flight and then eventually go into Indoc because that's how they schedule the, <clears throat> the courses to be. Um, just getting to know these guys, it was really awesome to just see things like, you know, just try stuff at the chow hall that I've, I've never had a chicken cordon bleu until I joined the military, you know, like you never just, and I bet they like never that. look like a hamster. Those things are delicious, <laughs> man, man. You, you throw so some good. hamster, you throw some hamsters on the plate. You better forget about it, son. I'm locked in for about 4,000 calories. Exactly. Like all these things that I didn't experience until I went to the chow hall. Um, yeah. all that wrapped up, it, you know, it's a, it's a adventure. And that's what I was looking for when I joined the air force. So it was awesome. Yeah, it's like, what are grits? Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so, Aaron, like, so that they bring you in, they cut your luscious locks, they give you a whole bunch of shots on no. both your arms, uh, you graduate, yeah. they tell you you're an airman, you get to, to Indoc, right? Like, um, or, or you go wherever you're going. Like, I know you had goals when you came in and everything like that, but did you, did you feel that uh, decrease in um, output uh, and, and kind of, you know, just share your overall experience and, and how you felt, the, some of the feelings you had? Yeah, I mean, for for me, you know, there was a it was a lot of those things. First of all, my hair grew back almost immediately, so uh, it really frustrated the barber. He would swipe one side of the head, and then it just sprouted up with more beautiful, thick, uh, thick just, head of hair. So just like the Santa um, Claus, it's exactly exactly like the Santa Claus. Okay, that's a oh. very very random reference. Um, that's a good one though. That's it is. Good, that's a good reference. Thank goodness. At least it's not another Pitch Perf reference. I can't aka believe it. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so for me, it was just all of those things together are kind of like, the, you know, it kind of added to my stress, right? Like getting your hair cut short, having to wake up at a certain time, having to do certain things that you, you're like, listen, this is silly. Why are we showering like this? There's no reason for it. Why are we doing this? It was all of those things, really, that um, those were stressful to me just because I am such an independent person. Like I am who I am. I typically, you know, at this point, I'm too old to change. I just kind of my personality is who my personality is and having to realize 
hey, you cannot just resist everything. There are going to be things that you have to accept and you have to do. You're going to have to get this short haircut. You're going to have to go to Indoc and you're going to have to stand up when an enlisted guy walks in the room and stand at attention until he tells you to recover or, you know, do push-ups when you're told a whole bunch of those, those different types of things. And you feel like your individuality has been being taken, taken away from you a little bit, but it's all by design, both at basic training and at Indoc. It really is helping you to transition to be part of a larger team. Like those little lessons that they use there for everything. Hey, we all need to look like one another and we all need to act like one another and we all need to work as a cohesive unit. That's just basic sociological programming, right? That we found out through hundreds of years of military training, if not thousands of, of what works. So once you kind of look at it from that angle, like, yes, I cried when they cut my hair. I mean, it was terrible. It was a terrible <laughs> night. Like, yeah, there were some times that, <laughs> you know, there were some times I'm like, hey, this is this is really dumb. These things that we're doing, I don't agree with. And it's why are you yelling at me? Like, just like Peach said, why are you yelling at me while I'm eating? Why aren't you letting me just eat? Give me give me 10 minutes to eat a meal, man. Like, you know, let me go PT or, or do whatever. But, you know, looking back on it now, it's one of those things that worked. And, um, you know, other than the initial shock of, of all of it at once, right? Because the, the second that you get off the bus, it's kind of game on and you're just doing everything differently. Nothing that you were doing anymore is what you've been used to wherever you grew up, even if, even if you knew everything. And I didn't know, you know, my dad was in the army before he became a fireman, but he was, a you know, he'd been out of the, out of the army for a really long time. Like we were not a military family at all. So me getting off that bus, I might as well have been brand new to it. Cause I was just like, Oh man, I gotta, I have to fold my underwear and you care about how I fold it. And you're going to check how I fold it. Like I was 21. Like I, I, you know, been to a couple of years of college and I had full-time jobs, multiple full-time jobs and we're doing other things in life. You know, I thought I was, you know, pretty much a, a grown up at that point. Um, I wasn't, and put that one out there, but, um, <laughs> just kind of having that, having all those things together, it, it definitely adds to the stress. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to blow anybody's hair back by saying this, but air force basic training is probably not the most intense basic training. It's probably not the most intense, <laughs> you know, thing, but I'll tell you what, there were days that I was stressed. There were days that I was just like, crap, man, I don't feel like doing this. And I really had to like concentrate on, on, on not, not playing the game. Cause I don't like that phrase, but I had to concentrate on, Hey, this is for a reason. Get into it. Make sure that you're doing the right thing because it's important. So, yeah, I would say I, I was actually a little disappointed. I thought I was joining the military, and I ended up in the Air Force. And I, and I say that because, like, we we didn't work out enough. I was always like, can we just go work out? Can we, you know, like, for what I had prepared for, it it was kind of a little bit of a letdown. Uh, but the 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 what I say that I, the reason I say that is I didn't have an outlet. You know, my normal outlet back home was. Hey man, if things are getting rough or if I had a bad day at work, I'll just go for a run and I'll, I'll get all that, all that stuff out of my system. And I, did, I had no control over, or over when I was able to get that out of my system or, or how I was able to deal with it. So I uh, changed a lot of things. And uh, one of the other things is I, I talk about uh, with the students sometimes that claustrophobic feeling, right? Like they take away all of your individuality. They take your clothes, they throw them in the, you know, in a bag and it goes in the closet. Um, everything that you used to have is gone. And then you kind of feel the the walls close in, and you get that this is real. I can't go back home. And <laughs> yeah, oh and yeah, for, yep. And for me, it was even worse once I got out of basic training, and you get a, a few more privileges back, and then you're able to call back home. And then you're like, I can feel, I can see home, I can hear home, but I can't mm -hmm. go home. And so it's kind of like a roller coaster uh, in the beginning for me. Um, so I wanted to throw it over to Brian real quick, and and because uh, in the beginning I didn't feel like Airman Segmiller. You know, I was still Trent from back home. Uh, so, Brian, like, when was the first time that you felt like Airman Silva as opposed to, you know, Brian from outskirts of Phoenix? Uh, let me just throw it back to that thing that you were talking about with calling home real quick. I just wanted you guys are obviously you have cell phones at this point, but back you know, when we were doing the, our oh, basic now, training, now I just, I just no, wanted to throw it back. You're that was still a real, the old one. That was a real thing. <laughs> like they literally, I had a cell phone. Yes, but it was completely gone. And we had pay phones that they let us use and we had to like have a little card. So it was like, wow, this is this new area. We couldn't call home until after like the first week or something. And just that feeling of like, Holy Dude, crap. I know, right? You know, hey, like reach I, back home. I turned like, my pager in at, at <laughs> let me just say I turned my pager in <laughs> at basic training. Okay? And it was like this big. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It had the dumbest thing of all time, right? I had a pager with voicemail. So it would just be like, call your voicemail. So I had to call a voicemail service to see the message that somebody could have just sent me their number and I could have just <laughs> called them back. Like that's, that's where I was living my life. Hashtag what up nineties. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying that stuff was real. Like that was a big deal. Uh, so the first time that I really felt like an airman, honestly, you know, you wear the blues and stuff when you graduate and you feel like, Oh, this is cool. You know, you stand at attention and you're like everywhere you stand at attention. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. For no and, reason. Yeah. Just for no reason. You go to the river walk. It. Yeah. You go to the river yeah. walk and everyone's like, thank you for your service. I'm like, yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, like, I haven't done anything I yet. I haven't done anything. That, yeah, like, yeah, but uh, you think you have, though. That's the thing. Is your, your boot self, you, didn't, you, don't, you don't say, oh, I haven't done anything. You're like, no problem. I'm just defending the country. <laughs> and then he offers to buy you a drink. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, I'll have a couple twists yeah, by arm. Whatever. Uh, but honestly, the, the first time that I really felt like I was a part of the Air Force and I was contributing to the Air Force is not until I um, graduated from P, um, the apprentice course and got to my first unit and started actually, you know, planning stuff and flying on missions and actually doing the job. You know, before then, I was just like, I haven't earned anything. I haven't done anything. I haven't like, yes, I've made it through two years of training. That's about it. Um, you know, and it's awesome to be able to say that I can do all these things, but with, without actually having a mission or actually having, um, something that I'm doing this for, then it's just training up to that point. So the first time that I really felt like I was an airman was, you know, I had that beret, I was scheduling stuff and I was, um, you know, just actually doing the job over there in England with Aaron and peach. Um, that was a real time when I was like, Holy crap, I'm part of this air force. Cause you read some of those things like, no one likes to read up for um, testing and reading the history when you're trying to st study for that testing. But if you read some of those things that people have done in the past, like these are real things you can read about um, some of the controllers, some of the PJs that are that have done real things in the Air Force. And it's not, you know, everyone says it's the chair force and everything, but there are awesome dudes um, just like all of you guys. Um, and hopefully all of you guys that are watching in the future that are doing some awesome things. And that's, really when I felt like, you know, I could be a part of this thing and I can contribute to the whole reason why I joined in the first place. Yeah. That's kind of a really interesting question. Peach, when was yours? When was the first time that you were like, Hey man, this is my, this is my gig. Cause I, I was just, I was listening to Brian. Like I have a specific one too. And it was not a basic training. When was, when was yours Peach? When was the first time you were like, Hey man, this is it. Like I'm in, I'm doing something bigger. Hey, I was actually trying to think of that and I don't know I don't have a definitive moment when that happened for me. Um, Dude, what, mine was what? at survival. Like, I don't know why. So I wasn't even a PJ, man. I was a, I was okay. a phys tech. So if, if you're going to tell the story, we, we can't. We, okay, I'm, I'm not going to tell this. I'm <laughs> not going to tell this. Take it easy, Peach. Take it easy. <laughs> I don't want no, to have to come down to you. Do you <laughs> Did you just? Oh, whoa! Oh, we just, are, are we knife handing now? Let me, are we let me, knife handing? Let me put are we not? That away. Golly! <laughs> Yuck! I'm no, gonna... but th there was a very specific moment that I just. I mean, it's crystallized in my head. Like I, I remember what the sky looked like. I remembered things that were going on in my like in my area. Like I, I don't know why, but I remembered that going to going to survival school. There was this one moment where I was like all right, cool. I think this is what it's all about. And I mean, that was, I mean, that was, you know, how the man, it had to be, it was in the first year I was a phys tech. So it had to be like 2000, 2003, like late 2002 or something. Um, but that was really the first time that I was like, Holy cow. Like this is before then. I just, I think, you know, I was never really bought in, but man, I, I distinctly remember that. Like for a long time, I always, I was told people if there was one school that I go back to and do again, just because the way that I felt after completing it was probably survival school, oddly enough. Now, survivor school was a lot of fun, and it, and it is a great feeling once you're once you're done. Mm -hmm. I don't have a definitive moment where I can think of. Um, what's What's interesting for me, and and maybe it's a little bit nostalgic, or I guess it wouldn't be nostalgic because it's still happening. But whenever I'm on, you know, a C seventeen or a C one thirty, and we're jocked up, and we're you know we're gonna jump, and I. I kind of look around and I'm like, you know, around around all the guys, I'm like this is this is awesome. 
I'm about to go jump with all these dudes that are all professionals. They'll all die for me and I would die for them. And I need to appreciate every moment of this because this moment is not going to last forever. And as, as cheesy or corny as that is, I think about that on almost every jump. Even if there's a jump that's a little bit hairy, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, it's weird. And that's, jumping's really the only time I feel like that. Hmm. Um, like, I don't feel it diving or fast roping or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. And I don't know what that feeling is. I. I don't know, but as you were talking, like we were all nodding our heads, like all of yeah, us yeah. kind of yeah. feel that way. Like yeah. everybody's like, no, I know exactly what you're, it's something, mm-hmm. it's one of those things you can't possibly explain to somebody that doesn't know, but to somebody that does know what that feeling is, no explanation is needed. You're just like, right. Yep, there's there's nothing it. tangible. I, I there's nothing tangible with it. I just, mm-hmm. it's, and, and I couldn't even, like, I can't even, obviously right now, I can't even articulate a word for it, but mm-hmm. it's there. Well, that, that ramp opens up. You know, if you get done checking your equipment, everybody starts fist bumping, start yeah. nodding your head. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Damn, I want to go jump now. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. Well, let's keep uh, moving forward before you go jump out of another plane. Um, yeah. The, the next question is for Aaron. So, it's for me, it was kind of weird going back home. And then uh, kind of some of those feelings of, of regret i guess the question is was it weird going back home and how many times until it wasn't weird or made it more weird and did you ever have a moment where you were like i wish i hadn't joined the air force i just you know maybe i want to go back home or whatever else it was yeah well it's a little bit different for me for people that know my family like i'm the oldest of six all four of us are active duty military right on one side of the family the irish side of the family there were 17 grandkids nine of us were boys eight of us served in the military so my four boys did like my my three younger brothers i've got two helicopter pilot younger brothers in the army and then my other little brother little is an e8 in the army he does uh, signals intelligence and some other stuff um but i mean there was a whole other family you know two marines and two navy guys there was another air force guy i mean that, it was a little bit different for us just in our our block so in the two blocks in my small Ohio hometown, there were like nine people that joined the military. And if you looked even now, there's like 18 people from that small town in Ohio joined the military. That's all you did is, it, well, you did three things. You did civil service in one form or another. You went to jail or you moved away from those blocks. Like that's just what it was, right? But it was a little bit weird for me going home because the people that were left, the people that weren't gone or weren't policemen or firemen or teachers or whatever, you had nothing in common with them anymore. Like you had a sense of purpose, you had a sense of desire, you had a sense of motivation that was just different. And it, and again, it's it does sound kind of cheesy to say it, but you were different. It wasn't the, the hometown was different. I just went back to Ohio this summer and it's the same. It's, you know, some storefronts have cleaned up, some businesses have shut down, some, some new ones have opened up. And my little hometown has grown up. You know, the people that I went to high school with are owning businesses now and making it, you know, you know, a little bit, a little bit cooler, a little bit more hip. We have a brewery now. That's kind of cool. Right. But I just don't really have a lot in common. I don't think I ever regretted joining the Air Force just because it was so completely different. It was never one thing or another. Like, uh, of course, there were things that I missed. You know, I, I missed being as close to my parents and my, literally my whole extended family. I think at one point there was something like 50 people that were one, and it wasn't like second or third cousins that you couldn't figure out. It was my mom and dad and their six kids, and then our aunts and uncles and their five kids, and our other aunts and uncles with their five kids. So we were, you know, kind of like a household name there. So it wasn't really that I missed that I regretted going in the air force. Number one, I just didn't have anything in common anymore. I'd seen too much of the world at that point. So Northeast Ohio, I was just like, this is awesome. And I love it. And I'll always remember it. But I don't think there was a time I ever, you know, regretted going in, even at the worst of times. Right. I always joke about, you know, what factory would I be working at in Barberton, Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> had I, had I not, you know, gone to the military. So, I, and I think that's it. You just, you're different. Like even those small changes, like again, Air Force basic training is not the most transformative event, but you know, you get a deployment under your belt, you start talking about going to going to Ohio and people are like, Hey, you wanna you wanna go out and have a beer at this place? And you, you couldn't wait to do that. You you get a deployment under your belt and you're like, What are we doing? Like let's you guys know yep. Cleveland is a huge city. It's like <laughs> right up the road. We can go let's we can go, go there. Like let's we can go party. Do you wanna go to Canada? For yeah, real? like what, what do you guys wanna do, man? Like we we could be in, you know, we could be in 
Columbus. <laughs> we could be at the Ohio State University. Shout out Buckeyes. We could be there in an hour and a half. Like you want to talk about going big? Like what are you what are you doing? You know? So yeah. I don't think I ever regretted it to actually answer the question. But and going back, like yeah, it, it was just different. Yeah, I think one of the things for me also just because I was thinking about it while you were talking, also Aaron, like going back and they want to talk to you about the things that you've experienced and you're trying to like explain all the things that you've been through, like WaterCon. There's no way you can't, you can't explain it. It's yeah. You're trying to explain jumping. You're trying to explain all this stuff. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. And then you're like, okay, let's forget about that. Cause they go into like, (laughs) I don't know this, this time that they're at a pizza shop or they go into all these things and you're just like, I can't really relate to that right now because you know, yeah and it's a dumb thing too like even even stupid stuff like team jokes right you're like oh man you got to hear this so this guy stripped completely naked and hugged his boss and then ran (laughs) through the woods uh he ran away through the woods and flip-flops they're like he did what now be like well it might have been through a minefield that's the funny part they're like what is wrong with you there was a reason for it you know Did, (laughs) did you guys so when i left I didn't really keep in touch with anybody I went to high school with, and I only recently reconnected with a high school friend of mine, I don't know, probably six months ago. Um, and I just, it wasn't that I didn't like anybody, it's just I didn't really keep in touch with anybody. And then I think about it, I didn't keep in touch with anybody from basic either. No. And it I wasn't had because somebody... I didn't like anybody, it was just like, yeah. eh. I actually had somebody email me not too long ago. A dude on a plane flight last year literally looked at me and was like, hey, is your name Aaron? And I looked at him and I was like, holy crap, Griffin. It was a guy that no kidding. Like I was flying to San Antonio or something. Uh, he was completely out. He was doing contracting, um, you know, doing other stuff, like completely other career fields and stuff. But, yeah, I, I, it was the same thing for me, like basic. I didn't I didn't really keep up with anybody in basic training at all, mm-hmm. I, I, you know? No. I think the only the only person from high school I still keep in contact with is just one of my good friends that has a similar line of work. Um, he does, you know, kind of what we do in a different way. Um, so we have stuff to talk about. But I remember, you know, you do that first deployment, you come home and you try to have those conversations and either they have no frame of reference. And then they also want to ask that one question that everybody wants to ask, God, which is come on, the worst question, because no matter how you answer it, it just, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, is, you, is it? Did you kill somebody? Yeah. Have you done it? <laughs> How many people did you kill? Yeah. And then either they're happy about it or they're like, oh, man, that's too bad. And you don't know how to react either way. And so uh, it's, it's like, if, you know, someone could explain childbirth to me all day long, but I'll never understand <laughs> it. It's just like trying to explain right. combat to someone that's never been there. And like their reaction is always going to be wrong or they're not going to understand my reaction. And I think that was when I kind of broke away from all semblance of, of who I used to be because you just you have no frame of reference for each other anymore. Yeah, and so. it's, it's hard to explain too. Like you always feel like that you never want to embellish what you did. You never want to lead anybody on and think that you did more than you did. You know, like all of those things. You always want to try to like toe that line. It's it's just it's too hard. The only people that kind of from my hometown that I even really engage with all happen to be veterans as well because you have that kind of common that kind of common ground. There's one friend of mine that I've played fantasy football with and he was my roommate before i left so i've literally known him since i was probably 18 years old um one of my best friends in the world but he's the only outlier so yep so moving forward so peaches your role now is to mentor everybody in the air force so what would your advice be you know just overall big picture strategic level guy um i'm about to join the air force i'm about to go all through all this stuff i'm still expected to maintain these standards uh, what would your your overall advice be for that? Man, I tell you what, what's going to be really weird is if, you know, <laughs> Chief Wright tunes into this, which I highly doubt he would, believe me. <laughs> but, but if there's any other E9s or Chiefs out there, they're going to be like, oh, let's see. Let's see what this new guy has to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one word, humility. I think stay humble. Stay true to who you are. I mean, you you are obviously going to change through experiences that you receive at basic training, whether whether you decide to go into the pipeline through you know prep or ANS, or you decide to go to a completely other you know career path. That everybody has a role, you know, and and maybe if you that role that you're playing right now is not your role and you decide to cross train and that's fine 
Um, but everybody has a place. And one of the things that I can't stand is when I see somebody looking down at somebody because they happen to be, and I'm just throwing out a job, like it's finance or you're a cop or you're a crew chief or, you know, everybody should be treated the same, right? They're, and I don't mean, stay humble is what I'm getting at. Don't think that you're some incredible person and that everybody should be, you know, at your beck and call because you're not that important. In, in the end, I am just a number, right? As soon as I'm, as soon as I'm done and I retire or whatever it is, on to the next because the next person is going to do it even better than I am, right? So yeah. don't stay in one spot. Do great for that time that you're there. Build yourself up, build your people up, and then move on. Oh, I'll say too. Uh, I, one of the quickest ways to get your team smoked is is as an instructor. If I get a phone call from finance or personnel or the oh. hospital, my oh dudes my are over there, you know, strutting around, acting like they're they're the stuff, and and I get that phone call that someone's disrespectful. I'm gonna go full bore. I'm, I'm I don't handle <laughs> oh, man. that. There as is, you should. Yeah. yeah, there there were very few times at the schoolhouse. So the apprentice course has changed a ton for everybody that doesn't know about the pararescue crow apprentice course, like complete change in culture, complete change. And I credit the guys that are there now. They've been crushing it. Like I could I could name drop four or five dudes that are all friends of ours that have just absolutely turned that place into a world class organization. Like couldn't be prouder, uh, you know, to, to be an alumni kind of from that place is my last assignment. But the few times that we smoked people really hard started with a phone call like that because those dudes are so close to the end and they're used to handling business like they have a lot of leeway it's it's not like the old days where you like your instructor would say something and you couldn't say anything like now there's there's back and forth sometimes there is a discussion sometimes we will explain why we're doing these things because we want to coach mentor train develop we want you to be better bigger stronger faster earlier in your career than we were and we realized we were doing some things wrong but every once in a while Somebody gets a little bit lip, you know, goes to NPS and doesn't get an answer they like, and they they say the wrong thing to the wrong person. Those people call us before they're even back at the schoolhouse, and it was it was on. There were very few times that I ever led smoke sessions, very I think four or five, um, but that was a sure way to do it. it. Guys, everybody knows who you are. You stick out. <laughs> it's 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 impossible to hide who you are. I yeah. wish there was a way to hide who I am because sometimes I don't like me, but I can't. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, hey. Walk around with that Arcteryx jacket in decent shape, and then people are going <laughs> to kind of figure yeah. it. Dude, I had just a, a funny story on that. I had a uh, one of the one of the tier one units, uh, the wife of one of their squadron commanders just absolutely roasted her husband in front of like, she was like, you guys think you're all fitting in. You all wear the same dumb pants and the same (laughs) dumb watch and you all wear baseball caps and you all have two day scruff. You look like you're a team sponsored by North Face, you (laughs) douchebags. I was just like, oh my God. You nailed it. She's right. So let's let's just open it up for discussion. Uh, I I have a few things um, just, so as you're getting into the Air Force, as you're moving through the process, um, your nutrition, calories, exercise, uh, or lack thereof, uh, what you need to be focused on your five meter targets and, and knowing versus not knowing what's coming. Uh, maybe, uh, some quick tips from everybody on, uh, how they got through it all and, and what you would tell some of those guys just about to join. Let's start with Brian. Brian. All right. So there are a lot of topics that you just threw out there, nutrition, exercise, all that stuff. <laughs> just so you can go out. on for, I can go yeah. on for a while for that, but uh, the majority of the things is kind of finding your place. You know, we all have different personalities and that's why we're doing this right now. But like I was saying before, you know, I was a dude from Arizona, um, trying to figure out how this other person was going to react to my left and right and figuring out what my boundaries were. And that's what we always do. Every time we get to a new place, we're like, all right, what are my left and rights here? And what am I really actually allowed to do within this space? because that's going to kind of guide how your thought process is going to go from there. And that's kind of how we all think anyways, is because we're trying to find that little like loophole. Are we allowed to actually do this? Well, he said this, but does it mean that I'm allowed to actually like go and, uh, you know, get KP duty or do that, get some extra snacks more than other people. So finding your, your limits, um, and then working inside those. And then 
aside from that, like getting together with the team was one of the huge, the biggest things that I could do. You find your buddies, you find your guys that you can confide in and that you can be like, Hey dude, I don't know what I'm doing with this thing. Like, can you please help me out with, you know, whatever. I don't know how to fold my clothes correctly. Like I sat here for an hour and you're already done with all of your stuff. I'm still working on this one sock roll or whatever, (laughs) you know, just, um, rely on your teammates. And I think, you know, most of that stuff you guys can balance out with each other because, um, you know, somebody might be good at nutrition. Somebody might be good at doing calisthenics or leading it out at night. You know, that was one of the things that we used to do was every night before we went to bed, all of us would gather and do a hundred pushups and we would do like at least 50 pull-ups on the side of the beds or whatever. We had bunk beds back in those days. I know now you don't have, you have the single flat ones but yeah there's not nearly as much room for activity as when you don't have bunk beds yeah i don't understand (laughs) why they did that i don't know yeah bunk beds so much more room for activities hang something in the doorway figure out a way to do pull-ups figure out a way to get things done um again you'll find times when you can do those things but rely on your teammates and bounce ideas, anything that you have off of them and use them just like you're going to do whenever you go to selection. Somebody might be better at running. Somebody might be better at body breathing. Somebody might be better at whatever. But the one constant thing is that you guys are relying on your team and it's going to be the same when you go operationally. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. I mean, it's the same sort of thing. Just figure out a routine, figure out what that looks like. And like Brian said, figure out your left and rights, figure out what you can do. There's, there's a lot of space to do a lot of things, right? Um, the only thing that I would say is like, man, buy into the process. Like it seems like a new agey thing to say, but trust the process. But the process is the process because it, it works at least in some form or fashion. There's always things that you can do that'll, that'll be better. Right. But just trust the process. If you're like, Hey, we're going to wake up at this time. And we're going to do this event. You know, I tell people, I kind of liken it to awards and decorations. Typically on our side of the fence, we do not like awards and decorations. We don't like writing reports. We don't like doing those things, right? However, we also say that it's not okay for us to embrace mediocrity in anything, right? So which one is true there? Are we going to win every single award? Like every single person on my troop should be winning award every single quarter. And I should be putting them in for one because I think they're the best and I think that they are. Or... We're going to embrace mediocrity because we hate admin because we don't want to write the package and we don't want to be recognized. You have to find which one of those is true for you. If you're going to really give this thing your all, if you're going to give it 100 percent, if you're going to burn the boats, if you're going to earn each breath, well, then that means you wake up at 5 a.m., you fold those hospital corners as well as you possibly can, you fold your underwear in the perfect square, and then you help your buddy because you learn how to do it faster, right? Like that's who we are as people. So don't fall into that trap of, Oh, this is dumb. We're never going to do this again. Whatever. Man, that's, that's what embracing mediocrity sounds like. That's like giving something a half-ass effort and not really following through. So don't fall into the, you know, we can all complain with the best of them, right? Like if you get 10 PJs in a room and you give them one task, you'll get 60 different complaints. I promise you, right? Like we, we do that, right? Cause it's, we've honed it to a fine art, the art of bitching in the military, right? However, If you're really going to give it 100%, go give it 100%. Wake up. Be that guy that finishes first. Be that guy that helps everybody else out because that's what you're going to do. Excellence is a habit. And I said that. I'm going to um, take that from Trent. It's no longer a Trent saying. It's a me saying. So excellence is a habit. Just be excellent all the time. Very wise words, Aaron. Thank you. I appreciate that. And as we look back on this, yeah, we're going to be like, hey, remember when Aaron told Trent to say excellence is a habit? It's brilliant. Uh, for, for me, I would just say um, lose the ego and don't be afraid to ask for help. If you don't know how to blouse your boots or you don't know what that means or you don't know how to do it, I mean, ask. It sucks. And, and you know, I, I was a high school student. I, I didn't know that it was okay not to know what something is. I just, hey, yeah, I know it all. I'm, I'm assumed that Everybody knows it and everybody assumes I know it, but man, I wish I had sucked up my pride and been like, Hey, um, I need some help. I don't hey understand guys, this. How, how does this horse drawn carriage move with no horses? I know. <laughs> I can't figure it out. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up with a, a story just uh, to let you guys know how I got through it. So I'm a super nerd and uh, the way I got through basic, what? uh, so what? <laughs> as an example so in the chow hall back in the day there was the, the the instructors would sit near the door 
and we called it the snake pit. And as you walked past, they they could call you out and pull you over there and ask you questions about all these things that you're supposed to have memorized. And um, they never called me up. And so one day, so I took it upon myself to make sure everything in that book I had memorized. And I put a lot of time into it. I nerded out and I jumped right into the process. And I walked out of the, the chow hall one day with my buddy, who was a fellow nerd. And we we're walking back to our, our bay. And we we're kind of laughing about it. Like, we're never going to get called up there. Like, I'm prepared. Please call me up there. And we were kind of giggling like, you know, young people do. Um, <laughs> and, a, and a T.I. walked around the corner and saw us kind of smoking and joking and laughing. And he stopped us, you know, and did the, the thing. And, Wait, um, show him, Peaches. Show him. Let me see yeah, it. Give me the... Oh, oh, oh that's yeah. so strong. Sharp. Oh. You guys, you guys want to see my long-range knife hand, too? Oh. oh, oh nice. Yeah. Like that? Okay. That's stable. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, you got supporting hand? Right <laughs> no, in we know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the listeners don't, may not. Jeez. Watch the YouTube. You listen and then watch, you watch the YouTube. Yeah, yeah watch the YouTube. YouTube. Subscribe to make sure yeah. you know how to hit a long range knife hand V and Chief. <laughs> Just to make sure that people aren't stepping on my grass. <laughs> That's the general grass. But the, the end of my story is the TI catches us and we're, we, we lock up and he's like, well, what are you guys laughing about? And we're like, uh, you know, trainee segmental reports. I was hoping I would get called up to the snake pit today because I memorized everything. And I'll never forget the look that this dude gave me. That TI looked at me and was like, like he didn't know he didn't know how to process it. He's and he just was like, just go, get back to the bay, go away. He didn't. But I put a smile Man, on my called, face. You called your shot and it worked. I mean, because I knew it. You know, what's he gonna do? Question me on it or whatever else? I mean, he could have done whatever he wanted to yeah. do, but. Mm. I jumped into that process. I, I decided that it's what I wanted to do. I memorized everything, and I was looking forward to that time that everybody else was dreading. Uh, and so that's how I got through that. So that's and how just I as a, just as a side note, if you do that um, at selection, then we're we're gonna call <laughs> yeah. you. We're gonna call there's, you on that. So <laughs> there's there's different tools, and there's probably some things that you didn't know that you didn't know, and that's gonna end. I mean, yeah. hey, do so at your own peril. Yeah, not saying it's just else. it's just extra training. That's all it is. Yeah, I was just being positive. <laughs> extra, all it's right? just more opportunity to get better. Yeah, I would, I'd give you a lot. There used to be a lot of guys that would do that, like in the beginning of, um, like we did Welcome to Indox back in the day when I was doing this stuff, and every time there would be a guy that was like, "Oh, I love this stuff," and then week two they'd they'd be gone. <laughs> they'd be completely like deflated. They quit, you know, the next morning, and they just completely burned out so you know but brian he he quit after the event though right he quit after yeah 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 that's that's what everybody does they don't quit before it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. or, or or they don't quit when we if we can just get two people to quit just two people we'll stop whatever it is and then they quit after everything's already done yeah it's like we could have had donuts at yeah. least if you're gonna quit they let the rest of the donuts. team have donuts they right. told us we'd get pizza if we can get two quitters. So don't open your mouth unless you can actually back it up. And then still, once you actually make it into selection, you probably shouldn't open your mouth very often anyway. <laughs> unless you're asked a direct question by Cadre, and then you better open up your mouth and say something. And answer the question. Oh, my God. Now that this, is an, this is an ism, but I'd be like, hey, what's two plus two? Like, uh, so, uh, I, when it's I, not five, when, but when I was growing up in the small underprivileged town that I grew up in, I had a hard time with math, but I overcome it. And that's why I'm like, just answer. It's four. Just see, I, you know what? I'm sick of this drop. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I hate me more than I hate you. I can't believe I thought I was going to get an answer to the question. Yeah. There, there's only two words that, that ruin a cone and it's drop and why. Because if you ask them why, they they short circuit. They they don't have that next answer. So oh, that is like I fed you the answer I thought you wanted. How much further is there to (laughs) go? You say why one time they go all glassy. (laughs) Their face does the equivalent of rainbow wheel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Unless we have anything else, I think we're going to wrap this up. Want to thank you all for listening. um, go out there, YouTube, Apple podcast, leave reviews, leave comments. And to wrap it up, give you the recap and, uh, the last words of wisdom. We're going to send it over to Brian, the boss. Ooh.
All right, guys, I appreciate you listening again to another podcast. Uh, one's ready. So basically what we went over today, again, was transitioning to being an airman. You know, for a lot of us, um, we were talking about a lot of BMT stories, just our first experiences in the Air Force, you know, everything from getting our heads shaved, closing in on that personal space, taking those showers and running through that whole gamut of things to not to butt. Now you guys have a new word in your vocabulary <laughs> that you can, you know, explain to other people. So, you know, with I can't that, believe, I can't believe that I, I ended had to up being it, the PC police for like the, of all things. It's all it's PC, bro. You PC bro. <laughs> right. And then, uh, aside from that, you know, closing on your personal space, but that, whole adrenaline rush that you're going to feel and you know now with bmt the way that it is you're also going to have some uh, pjs that are going to come down and help you train you're going to have uh, nutritional experts that are going to help you along the way they're really gearing you guys up you're going to be in a flight that's going to have sw guys that are in it that you're going to be through the pipeline so really take advantage like we were talking about with relying on your team being open with your team if you need help with anything don't be afraid to ask um Although people are going to be coming from all over the country, different personalities, different ideas are a good thing for you to execute whatever task is going to be in front of you. So don't be afraid to reach out, learn things from other guys. Um, don't have that ego like Peter's saying. Put that aside and focus on the task at hand, the mission that needs to be done for the team, not only in basic training, but also when you get into selection and beyond that operationally. Um, that's what it's all about, putting aside your ego, relying on the team and using your expertise, whatever it may be, in in uh, order to help the team. So um, that's most of what we talked about um, on this episode. So really appreciate you guys, just like Chen was saying, listening to the podcast. Again, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube. Leave us some comments. Um, you can go to onesready.com. You can also contact a recruiter down at the bottom, uh, onesready.com forward slash recruiter, and you'll get an answer from them within 72 hours. Um, additionally, anything that we can do to further your guys' education, throw out stuff, we're always open to topics. We're always open to you guys sending us in, um, you know, DMs on Instagram, and we'll always get back to you guys. So we appreciate you listening again. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you guys next time. See you. Earn each breath. See ya. <laughs>